0: From PRX. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for a tale. Not sure if you could say it's going to be tall, but it but probably be long and pointless and full of meanders. You say, t- is it a tall tale? I say, more. it's more like a swirly, one of those curly, what do they call them? Swirly straws or curly straws? If they don't call them swirly straws, they really missed out. I would assume they do because your drink swirls through them. My tall tales are swirly and whirly. And for some, they feel churly after, after listening. But it's time for sleep with me. Hopefully, you won't feel that way. Also, FY or F FMI, for my information, is churly a word? I mean, we've all I felt I felt churlish many a times. Oh boy! Even if it's not a word, I hope it's like you know. I feel like there's about a thirty-three percent of the time I've got a churl going on, and when they see me walking down the street, they say there's a churl in that boy's step. uh... Anyway, it's time for Sleep With Me podcast put you to sleep. All right, but Scoots here. And, you know, you've heard these messages. I'm here to talk to you about, you know, what makes uh, things like sleep with me possible, stuff outside of the box. And that's our democracy and represent us. And I don't know about you, but does it really feel like our leaders are responsive uh, to our needs uh, right now? Does it feel like things are running smoothly? Because if you don't feel like that, it's okay. Uh, You're not alone. You know, there's a lot of people having the same experience, uh, wondering, hey, is there something we can do to fix this. Here's the thing. There are things we can do right now to get things back on track. This podcast is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. It's a group of shows, hosts, and networks. We're banding together to try to make things better. And we're working with a grassroots nonpartisan organization Represent Us and You. So all you need to do is go to represent.us slash podcast and get more info on how you can get involved. Represent Us is the largest grassroots grassroots organization working city by city and state by state to pass laws that protect democracy and improve it. You know, we need a system that works for the American people, not just special interests. So go to represent.us slash podcast and join the movement today thanks everybody All right, everybody it is time for the sleepy supporter zone the one part of the podcast I need you to hear it's where I pop my peas if you please I thank the listeners who supported the sponsors that's how we're able to be here for you for free twice a week as the listeners who supported the sponsors shared about it amplified their support that's where all we went from 200 episodes in the free feed to over 400 because of people that took action just like you uh, so I really appreciate it I'm looking for supporters right now so if you supported a sponsor even a free trial take a free we've got tons of free trials right now check it out test out a sponsor and then let me know about it let me know let them know about it say hey i started your free trial because i heard about you on sleep with me it's a huge help for the show and that's way more and more more and more episodes of sleep with me to listen to so that's the first part of the sleepy supporter zone the second part is you getting the support you need if you're having a tough time right now there's links to resources in the show notes that you could connect with right now and it's about being a part of our communities and saying Black Lives Matter, saying Stop AAPI Hate with our actions, being a part of positive change. There's links to resources in our show notes you can connect with right now to learn more, to do more. And the last part of the Super Support Zone is organizations you support or that support you throughout the next year. That's what I'm looking to get involved with, to learn more, is what organizations helped you on your journey or you're actively supporting or part of. Let me know about it so I can check them out. You can do all that on our website, sleepwithmepodcast.com. Use the contact form, use our sponsor page, uh, and that's it. What do you say? Uh mystery bar. A lot of people help out on the show. There's Who are they?
1: Posters, um, Sounds like Wrote the theme song. episodes, Girl, W episode. Ashley Kenny Scotty Jennifer. Run, 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 run. Eric and the team that is down on the website. I am the mystery bar, I do the yeah. I do. Come You see the kindness shine straight on through When the listeners form their own Facebook group Keith, Stacy, Sarah, Julie, and Jennifer These are your not a Get support, dear Scooter, on Patreon Buy the merch and support the sponsors You can find anything you want At sleepwithmepodcast.com
0: mystery bard uh what do you say we slow it down and get on with the show uh hey are you up all night tossing turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep trouble staying asleep well welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do it with a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm gonna do the rest What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. Like like, uh, it could be thoughts, you know, things on your mind from the past, the present or the future, plans or, you know, memory, whatever it is. It could be thoughts. It could be feelings, like emotions related to the thoughts or emotions that are just there. Uh, It could be physical sensations. It could be changes in your routine, your temperature, your time, whatever's going on. I mean, there's so many things that uh, I've heard from listeners. And it all shares a lot of things. Uh, So so let me just go off script here. The reason I make the show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, And ideally... If I can do anything for you, it's to, to to underline that fact, uh, but also to help you feel less alone. Even though this is digital and it's a podcast, uh, I'm here to keep you company because if you can't, can't get to sleep, uh, at least you you deserve to kind of feel like you have a friendly, fo- friendly voice in the deep dark night. So now I got mixed up cause I normally don't go, I went off script. I don't have an actual script, uh. Whatever's keeping me awake, the hot feelings. Things, whatever it is, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that and keep you company. Oh, I guess it was just a different way of saying what I already said: keep you company while you drift off. Uh, and that's really what my job is—to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cos, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your burr, your neighbor. I got that mixed up. Some li- like listeners said, "Hey, what about neighbor?" And I said, "Oh, burr? They said, "Uh, we knew that's what you meant, Scoots, and thank you. Okay, but uh, whatever is keeping awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I propose to do here is to create a safe place or a safe that feels (laughs) approachable safe, an approachable safe. Uh, One of the great, uh, that wasn't, that was a. I tried to pitch pitch that uh, to like I said. What about the new Mar? What about New Marple? How does that sound to you? And they said we don't have the rights to that. And I said the new New Marple Mysteries. You don't. You, we could just use that word. And they said no, you can't. And I said the case of the approachable safe, uh, a New Marple mystery. And they s- s- said, uh, "Scooch one." Wait a second. And they said we don't we, we, this. We never took this call. There's no record. And then, then they said the call's coming from inside your imagination. Once again, Scoots, a new Marble Mystery. The case of the approachable safe. Uh, it was you know it was it was early morning when the great you know great great the great safe store, of uh, you know wherever, wherever we're, we're going to be in lakeland in the Lakeland's area. The main safe store for all regions nearby, where everybody got their safe, was having a big event uh, called uh, the Approachable Safe Event. Oh, sorry, I'm supposed to be creating. A, oh, so I'm gonna to try to create a safe place or an approachable place. They so say, well, I kind of feel safe. I'm not so sure about it, and that's why the, the old. They said, step right in, old. Uh, I don't know. Whoever runs the safe, the old approach, case of the approachable safe. I guess we'll do That's what'll be the title of tonight's episode. Let's just do that so I can move on, right? What was the other thing I got stuck on? That's one of the things that happens in this. I, I tell people, say, What are you? And I say, Yeah, I get, not only do I get mixed up, I get bogged down in my own thoughts. My thoughts are like bog like already. And then I say, "There's these, there's boggy thoughts in this here bog." Anyway, so I'm gonna try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake by sending my voice across the deep dark night. I'm gonna use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. If if there was a com- the comforting bog, another. Uh, That's not, that's where, that's where the new Marple Mysteries, she lives out on the end of of a lane near the comforting bog. That's what she calls it. That's where she does her thinking. And, you know, now she's known as Lady Marple, not Miss Marple, because, uh, like, uh, she's, you know, royalty or whatever, OBE, or I don't know how, how any of that works, but So you don't say old lady Marple because only Scoot says that. And then she says, no, lady Marple. And I say, yes, yes, miss Marple. I'll call you lady Marple from until I forget. But when I'm using, when I'm narrating you thinking out on the, uh, whatever, the comforting bog, is that what it was called? Okay. So anyway, what are you, what what are we talking about here? Uh, Send my voice, oh, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. You've witnessed all of those in just a few moments. In just eight short minutes of intro, I went out way off topic and got mixed up because I'm here to keep you company and put you to sleep, not entertain you or engage you or make any sense or get to the point or ever really get started. So if you're new, a couple things you might want to know. This podcast is very different. It's very strange. So if you feel a reaction to it, it does take some getting used to. And of course, you might be doubtful or skeptical when you get to this podcast because you probably tried a lot of other stuff to put you to sleep, right? And maybe not all of that worked. Maybe none of it worked. Uh, So I'm here to try to keep you company while you fall asleep. So this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention to it, but you can listen. So it's kind of a, uh, just takes getting used to doing that. It's like looking at the clouds when you feel like it. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because the podcast doesn't even make any sense to me because my job's not to make any sense, uh, so it's a podcast you just barely listen to that's here to keep you company. It also doesn't put you to sleep. It's here while you fall asleep. I'm here to take your mind off of stuff and be your friend. Like I said, your companion. So that doesn't feel as lonely as it's felt uh, for some of us in the deep dark night. The good news is if you can't sleep, I'll be here for an hour to keep you company, whether you're awake or asleep. So if you're not listening to me, I'm here to keep you company. But if you are, I'm here to keep you company. So no pressure to fall asleep and no pressure to listen. I make the show because I know how it feels and you deserve a good night's sleep. Our world will be a better place if you get the rest you need and you deserve. Because I want your life to be better. You deserve it. So that's why I make the show also the, for new listeners, what up regular listeners? How about that? We just invented a, I guess like I'll say, I don't think Lady Marple, the new Lady Mar- Marple Mysteries is, uh, cause they say, no, no, it doesn't have anything to do with Miss Marple. This is Lady Marple and it's new when they, you know, when they approach me, not with an offer, they say, this is not an offer, uh to do business with you. And I'd say, well, uh, I'd say, well, you don't, you don't think that's a good idea. The case of the approachable safe. It's a very, pro- <laughs> it's a very approachable mystery. Uh, never gets, uh, here's the spo- here's the spoiler. Never gets solved. Uh, so, oh, structure, the show throws people off. So if you're new, uh, I want you to know the structure of the show is very intentional But I understand if it throws you off. It starts off with a greeting so you feel seen and welcome. Then there's listener support, like support for you. Then there's support for the show via Patreon and our sponsors. Uh, Then there's the intro, which goes on and on and on. Some people think it's part of the business or the housekeeping. It's not. It's a show within a show that gives you time to wind down. It's familiar every time, and it's different every time. And it gives you a chance to get some distance from the daytime and, and get ready for bed. So whether it's part of your bedtime routine and, and you're winding down or, you know, you're doing your, you know, brushing your teeth or you're in bed, you're patting your pets or you're doing some other chill activity, the intro, you could fall asleep to it. There's a percentage of listeners that fall asleep. There's a percentage of listeners that skip the show. But the intentionality behind it is that it, it gives you a chance to wind down. So, But you can use it. The great thing about the podcast is it's flexible. People use it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, so that's the intro. Then there's business again. The business keeps the show free coming out twice a week, uh, which has uh, always been my goal, keep it free, not as part of some company. Uh, then... There's a story. I thought it was going to be one thing tonight. I guess it'll be some sort of investigation, at least, into whatever I just said. Uh, The case of the soothing spa, I don't think it was that one. That one won't be solved because I say there's no spa that could soothe me unless I can walk around. Unless it's like a spa, a pacing-based spa. A spa you can pace in. Scooter spa. Come around. Come on in. Walk. Don't sit still. The spa where you don't sit still. Way off topic. So, oh, the the, so there's a bedtime story that you could fall asleep to, but other people listen to it, It, you know, for companionship in the deep dark night or a break during the day, or if you just can't sleep, you got plenty of time. That'll go on for like 40, 50 minutes, an hour plus. Then there's thank yous at the end of the show. So it's a structured show. That's why I make the show. And all I can say is I'm glad you're here. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive. Give the show a couple of tries and see if it helps. If not, there's other sleep podcasts and stuff at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But I'm happy you're here and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to be here for you for free twice a week. Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, everybody, this is, you're in for a treat tonight because we're telling another story that I that I knew about and then I forgot about, but now I can never forget about it. It's called The Case of the Approachable Safe. It's uh, from a, a collection of uh, stories, un- untold tales. Uh, that so- somewhere in my imagination, these stories are being told. And every once in a while, I catch a whisper. And then I go back and I say, wait, tell me more. Is this a, one of those Lady Marple mysteries? And they say, that's not a good idea. And I say, well, it's a possibility, though, that somewhere... Out on a bog, a comforting bog, lives Lady Marple. And she, you know, like she was once uh, like a, a regular like person, Miss Marple or Mrs. Marple or Ms. Marple or Marple, you know, Marple is, uh, she preferred just call me Marple. And she lives out on, and, and I say, when I think, when I say Lady marple i always think of uh i think it was i don't know if i always think that i can't remember when like there was a g.i joe toys i played with as a like as a lad there were action figures or action figurines you know the g.i joe characters were known i think one of the advancements they had was uh it, the the comedian said this, but I think it was true that they had a kung fu grip, which meant that they're, so they had, uh, oh man, now I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Uh, reticulated, is that what it is? They had elbows and knees and hip joints and shoulder joints, but then at some point they also became able to rotate their arms below the elbow and that was a pretty big advancement. And they also had like a neck joint so their necks could move, their heads could move around. Like when you talk about toys, uh, not to say, Lady Marple's like, excuse me, I thought this was the case of the missing safe. And I said, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, I was thinking of Lady J or Lady Jane, who was one of the top three. I don't like, so when I played with G.I. Joes, there was no G.I. Joe. I think the earlier generation, there was a G.I. Joe character. So G.I. Joe was a brand, and I think it was like a super secret. Uh, you see, Scoots, doesn't that stand for everything you stand against at this point? I say, well, pretty much. Uh, but uh, I, but they were, the, they were, the, they were the great heroes and heroines, uh, Lady J... I don't know, I think it was like Duke, Lady J, and somebody else, uh, Griswold maybe. I don't know who the third person was who were kind of running the show. I was never, I guess as a kid, like I said, I would root for the other team because they were always the underdogs. And I think it probably informed an entire generation of storytelling or uh, storytellers that played with toys. Because it was a bit of a trope back then in the 80s that uh, the futility of the villains. Because the 80s were an era, oh boy, were they an era when uh, villainy was not considered... Even though they had Gordon Gecko. I don't know, there's a lot of repression going on. And part of that repression was saying, well, we're going to have the childhood hero, the childhood cartoons only... Villainy is futility. And I don't know what my point was other than Lady J or Lady Jane was one of them. But she I don't think she was like a royalty. All that to say, I've gone royally off topic. So, okay, so let's get back to the point at hand. Which is that? Where were we? Okay, so Lady Marple. Nothing to do You you. Scoots, I've heard of Marples before. Is this anything like the more famous Marple? And I say, no, this is Lady Marple. She was uh, granted the order, you know, whatever order is bestowed on you to be a lady uh, by the Queen. But she was still solving cases, as I teased in the, uh, the, the, the opening of the show. And she lived out on a bog. And she had a, a porch, a back porch uh, that looked out on the bog, uh, where she would sit at night. It actually had uh, what, what do you call that uh, a little sk- silk screen or silk netting around the porch so she could sit out there and not have to worry about the bog based beings. Uh, coming and bothering her. That was one of the first cases she solved. The case of the bog based beings that got on my nerves when I decided to live at a bog. The Lady Marple story, part 44. That was a part of her biography series, not a case, well, not a case we're discussing because it's pretty easily solved. Uh, well, it wasn't easily solved. She tried other stuff. F- fans was one of the things she tried low-powered and high-powered fans to blow away. any. And she said, that kind of worked. uh, But it also got on my nerves and used energy and wasn't 100% effective, not as effective as other things. And she said, this works great because I can see the bog and I can hear the bog. I can soak it in and it has like a doorway in there i think that zips up so she can go out towards the bog you know if she wants to but this is also her back porch a little bit more rustic than what you would do, what they call in florida a lanai which is different i think than other places in the world like, when I hear Lanai, I think of, like, I, I think of the ocean and Hawaii and just a, a beautiful view. It could be of the mountains. But in Florida, Lanai is, like, a screened-in, like, an outdoors-indoors, more or less. Or I guess uh, it's a confused space. It is, in uh, for a multitude of reasons, because, one, it's kind of outdoors, it's kind of indoors. It has screens so you can see stuff. But then with the temperature in Florida, you're like, well, I could just go outside or I'm not, I'm going to go inside where the AC is. Normally, Lanai L- L- won't have AC unless then it's it also has windows. And then you're like, well, this is just a, a porch now. I think that's what we call them, a screened-in porch, uh now, Lady uh, Lady uh, Marple's porch is not screened in. It's uh, kind of uh, un- under a net. Uh, I don't know. Tough to say. Tough to say. But very inventive and fits fits the, fits the mystique or whatever you want to say. Fits the space very nicely. And that's where uh, Lady Lady uh, Marple would like to sit. Like she liked to think. She liked to have her tea. She drank tea and coffee. She'd have tea between uh, waking up and uh, ten forty-five. Coffee, ten forty-five to two p.m. Tea. After two p.m., you know, other stuff till about eight o'clock. Uh, herbal tea. With, you know non-caffeinated and sometimes she would make sun tea and actually she could make it on the porch because it was because of the netting or the screening the sun could still get there and that was one of her favorite things she had a western facing view of the bog so she could sit there. And she would tell her guests uh, that you know they they never necessarily. She'd say you haven't seen the sunset till you've seen it set over a bog. But they would normally you know be distracted. Very few people can be enthralled by a bog, and it's a good test. And I could tell you, you haven't been enthralled till you've been enthralled by a bog. Because you could sit out there, you can listen to the bog, and then, like, like the, the and then, like, uh, Lady Marple would say, "The sounds change as the sun sets on a bog," and she even even would break into songs sometimes, doing a little Elton John. Uh, like I I think that cause Elton John probably has a song that she could easily. Change to, to, to like and put in words like when the sun sets on a bog. I think you'd probably have to say when the sun goes down on a bog or something, but not many people appreciate it because they think of the other there are times that the ocean or the lake or some other area overhyped and not that doesn't get the love of a bog, understandably, because you can't really swim in a bog. And a lot of people associate bogs and bugs, but this in this case the the best of both worlds when you're with Lady Marple because she solved that case. But she was sitting out there, and one of the things she, she liked to, to do is just relax. Uh, and she also found another thing soothing, which was a, like a giant gumball machine. And she now found only found it soothing. Well, one of the reasons she found it soothing is her guests could get a gumball, and she would always do a slow burn where she would give them a coin when they arrived, uh, and she'd always say, "Hold on to this for me." Particularly if there was children, or if there was adults. Particularly if there was a someone who might be labeled persn- per persnickety, Is that the right word? She would hand them a coin and say oh, by the way, hold on to this for me. And if they said more, she said, well, we're going to need it later, maybe. And she would take them out. You know, eventually they would make their way at some point to her treasured area, unless, you know, they were a guest that was uh, guest-focused. And they say, no, I'm not interested in your home. I'm interested in being a guest in your home. But normally they would, they would work their way out there and it was a beautiful, uh, gumball machine. And at first glance, most people wouldn't notice it because they say you have seen one, not, I don't think many people have said this, but it is assumption you make that you're just not even aware of. You say, I've seen, if I've seen one gumball machine, I've seen them all. And I say, well, that's probably totally impossible. But it's like, you know, Malcolm Gladwell had a chapter about it, uh in one of his books, uh, Wink, I think was the one that said, Yeah, it's called the uh Gumball Machine Paradox or something, where you say, Okay, you just assume they're all like you know you know they're all different, but you don't you know, you say, Well, I don't have time well, if I need some gum, like I had a pack in my pocket now. Modern era of convenience. And then you may say, "Scoots, no, I can picture." A and I say, "Well, yeah, that's your archetypal gumball machine in your mind. I can see it too. Pro- might you know, it's got that metal stuff. Uh, it's got some glass stuff. Probably some metal, you know, on the top. Maybe it's got a stand, or a, dare I say, a shaft uh, to the floor. And maybe it's got maybe it's like a little antique looking." Maybe you're more, maybe you picture more of something in a globe-like shape. And you say, okay, now, uh, Lady Marple's, hers was a little bit more grand, not grand, I was going to say grandiose, but it kind of was, uh, it was glass and it was the size of one of those big water bottles. Like back when people would talk about stuff around the water cooler at the office, but it was a little bit higher off the ground. And one of her secrets was that the glass and uh, its thickness and the sun, setting of the sun, you know, it was all complementary to one another. And the, the, uh, it did go down into something very similar, but a little bit more color than just a red or a blue. You had some yellows uh, into a gumball, a familiar gumball machine with the, the thing where you put the coin in. And you twist it, and then some gumball comes out. Now, another little thing about uh, Lady Marple was there's just not one size of gumball. One size of gumball does not fit all. And she would choose her gumballs uh, very wisely, and with a lot of decision. She, she was what you would say, you would say is a gumball connoisseur because she had traveled the world. And learned what parts of the world have gumballs, what don't, and where gumball manufacturing takes place. And, you know, something that, that they haven't heard of in Brooklyn or Oakland as of the time I'm recording this bespoke gumballs. Uh, you know, somewhere in the world they're making them. You know, whether it's Notting Hill or like a cool part of Singapore, I'm not, they say, Scoots, please don't, you're not, you're, and I say, okay, well, one day you know i'm i'm a little bit behind that uh but uh, she knew where where there was beso- bespoke gumballs she didn't really make her own gumballs because she preferred to, to 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 support gumball artisans as well as mass manufactured gumballs she actually knew a lot about the process and she so she you know and color was a big part of it and she would actually curate her own gumball machine from time to time. But she also found it soothing. And, oh, did I mention she used different-sized gumballs in there? And every occasionally she'd say, well, I'm feeling something. What do, Like, uh, she'd, go, she'd go online if needed. Or she'd call. Like, she'd hop on the old air horn or whatever they call it. Uh, and she'd say, you got anything... In a cheek, like a cheek, cheek, cheek shape. Uh, but uh, I'm looking for something not quite aquamarine. And they'd say, Lady Marple, we'll put, she said, put it on the Marple account stat. Uh, or don't, you know, send it out, but just, you know, make sure to send it properly. But yes, yeah, she could curate her gumball machine. She would use—now, she was very conscientious about—so she would put on uh gloves, uh rubber gloves or latex gloves or latex-free gloves. I'm not sure because that wasn't, you know, I, I don't know. I was never there when she was curating or, or organizing. She didn't really call it organizing, working on the gumball machine. I mean, some people knit— uh, And one of her dreams that was never realized, and she was a big fan of the Tate Modern, and she was actually setting aside funds, and maybe she still is. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about it in the past tense, but I guess because I don't have the same hope in my heart that Lady Marple does. But she did hold a dream of having a giant... She thought it would be better as an overturned water bottle, but you know something—you know, probably eight stories wide, thirty stories tall. Glass, uh, you know, something to do, you know, another artisan, not her, uh, and then filled with filled with gumball art as gumballs and actual gumballs, of course, so that at some point. Or multiple points, you could get a gumball from the gumball machine. So she did. She said, "Oh yeah, then maybe they could. could, Maybe could. Maybe they could. Some people could do something similar to sand art with gumballs, and then they could present it. And then we see as it changes. You know, she said. Then the art will change as people chew gum." And then maybe there's even a wall of chewed gum before, you know, because they say, don't come in this museum. Or please don't spit your gum. That's one thing I always wonder about um, in New York City when I lived there, when I visit there. And I always say, am I wrong or is that gum on the subway? Like, like uh, especially coming out of the platforms, like uh, into the street? But sometimes on the subway platforms, they say, is that gum on a, like, you know, 40 year old gum there? Or is it something else? And I say, well, boy, if it's not gum, don't, please don't tell me unless it's tar. But I say, what is that? I mean, again, you could trace back, like I say, when did people start, what what generation was like, yeah, just spit it on the ground, man. And you say, okay, you realize it's inconvenient for you to hold your gum and spit it in a garbage can or at least stick it underneath something like they do nowadays. But you can take something that's extremely sticky, you're just going to spit it on the ground and assume it never impacts you or if someone else behaves they say that's... uh, Someone should write a... a, Like, man, get an... Once again, I need an anthropologist over here. So... Well, all I could say is the lady Marple loved, it, not all the time, but that was one of her hobbies, was she called it gumballing with a no G. And, like, so if someone from her family called, they said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gumballing, just gumballing around, uh, and they say, you and that, you know, they like, uh, they say, Nana Marple, you and that gumball machine, and she, They say, "What are you working?" She said, "Well, I'm just gracing it right now. You know, making sure, doing the annual main, maintenance." But sometimes she would reorganize it, and then she, But she liked to just look at it. That was one of the things. Not like She just turn in, and and we all have those things. We forget about them. That you just look at it and you say, huh, "That's nice. I like how I feel when I just stare at this with an empty mind." or staring at that empties my mind. I did, I would propose to say, do you think we could, Lady Marple, what do you say about having someone from the Roy G. Biv Institute uh, weigh in on your gumball machine? And she would say, what's the Roy G. Biv Institute? I said, well, it's an institute I invented, uh, or Roy G. Biv Labs, we could also call it that. but that would uh, give accreditation to Christmas and holiday lights. Uh, they'd say these are Roy G. Biv approved. And she said, "Well, what would that mean?" I said, "Well, we'll work on that." I said, "But you, you know, you say these lights are, are Roy G Biv. accredited." And I said, "Maybe it means I said we'll have to get into color theory probably, or it could just be a nonsense thing that we're using." But I say, wow, this is, is that a RG, Roy G. Biv-approved gumball machine? And you would say, N- not just a gumball machine. Those are Roy G. Biv-accredited gumballs in there. I say, are those be- bespoke? And, and so so she liked looking at it. She also liked the surprise of the guests when to see. And this was the thing. This is the thing about sleuths that nobody talks about, uh, especially sleuths with a big heart like Lady Marple. You don't become a lady just because you, you solved the greatest cases in the history of England or because you had, you were associated with another Marple and they said, oh, and, and, and you just said, well, if you want to make me a lady, that's fine. No, I'm not that Marple, but uh, I have done a lot. And one day Hopefully I'll have a giant gumball receptacle outside the Tate Modern and a wall for chewing gum before people go into the museum. And even part of the art would be someone doing a mouth scan that would be somewhat performative in some way and maybe even a spitting area as part of it. Uh, But so, oh boy, where was I? Lady Marple... Oh, so one thing about sleuths with big hearts, like Lady Marple, is they love uh, sleuthing for the next great sleuth. Like, you got the Stiltons. I don't know who came first, Thea or Geronimo Stilton, but those two are, in her, you know, I don't know. And, you know, Fancy, I'm sure Fancy Nancy found, you know, uh, someone. So she was always on the lookout for someone... Particularly, someone like her, like a young woman with a spark in her eye, but a weary—you know—but a weary step. Uh, you know, sometimes those two things come in common. She would say occasionally. Uh, and she, 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 you know, it didn't have to be someone. It could be someone else. It could be, you know, one of her friends. You know, or someone. She, she was always open to being surprised too by who would sleuth out what the coin was for. Or who was just naive enough and and childlike enough uh, to say, oh, can, how much are these gumballs?" And, and she would just laugh and say, "Well, do you want to use that coin in your pocket?" Where other people say, "Is this what the coin was for?" And uh, if you use the coin she gave you, of course there would be a special gumball, along with a regular gumball, like along with, like so. There was another. There's another door where the special gumball would come out, and it would make a clanging noise. But for you to definitely, because she put so much variety of gumballs in that gumball machine, you'd have to keep your hands under there. Otherwise, I mean, it was a pretty heavy door. But some of the sometimes she would put like sprinkle-sized gumball. You know, I don't know if those were gumb, gumb, gumballs. Uh, I don't know what they're called, Tiny Gumballs. That's another song she would like to sing, though, to, to people uh, based on uh, the Don Ho song, Tiny Bubbles. She'd sing Tiny Gumballs. So, yeah, so she would love that when people thought of it. But otherwise, she'd say, if someone, she'd wait for people to mention it. And now, I know some of you are even asking yourself, were there other coin-operated machines in Lady Marple's uh, abode? And I'd say quite possibly. But this kind of leads us into uh, the the great case of the uh, approachable safe, and I just added that great in there to uh, underline the fact uh, that that every case that Lady Marple's on is a great case. Well, yeah, once upon a time, not that far from where, you know, where Lady Marple was, uh, chilling out and, and you know, by, kick, kicking at the at the bog, uh, gumballing around, you know, there was a town and it it was uh, not that far away and it was the main, it had the big, like, you know, there's that's one thing, uh, that uh, you know has been impacted but not gone away is the safe business, uh, and I'm talking about safes, uh, safe and face spelled S A F E. Because uh, while well, you can buy some of that stuff online, some of them are really heavy. It tends to be a specialized business. And there's also older ones, you know, that might need, you know, or some people want a, you know, refurbished one. But the thing is also that people forget. Uh, now, this particular safe uh, place was, it, it was known as Patience Safes. Uh, and it was run by someone named Patience. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, like, they also, co- like, had a sign out front that said, safes, safes, Safe." So it was really, most people knew it as safe, triple safes, or triple safe, or safe, safe, safe. Or, for shorthand, safes, because uh, you say it, through, say it three times, uh, or you could just say it once with an S, and people would know, in this area, if they knew about safes in the safe business, they'd know about safes. And they had an online presence, but don't bother because, uh, uh, like, the, the, this was years ago. Uh, but so they don't anymore. And you say, well, I don't find it. And I say, yeah, that's right. Uh, is, this is a story that hasn't been told uh, yet, uh, so it wouldn't be online now that you're listening to it via online. But this just wasn't one business, you know, patients had multi-businesses, you know, new safes, refurbished safes, uh, buying safes and selling them. So you find a safe, you know, because this region had, uh, it, it was like, a had enough of a metropolitan region in enough of, you know, different generations that people would find old safes and they'd say, hey, you know, this is that. They also like pioneered some landmark laws about opening safes, uh, and you know, like actually, that was one of their big online things: was explaining the legalities of safes and 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 safes. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, just to explain you the basics, like because I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. You say find a safe. Uh, does that mean you can open it? Well, then, how? Well, what if you can't get it open? And what happens? You know, approving the um, whatever custodial you know, the whatever stewardship of safes. I think that was one of the blog posts. Uh, so that was that's the place known as safes. Uh, and so not only did they have kind of a multi-level business, and they were known around the greater region. And then people in the business, they'd say, "Okay, well, you, tra- you you Okay, you're between London and Manchester. Okay, well, Safes is the only place to go. Pay go talk to patients. They say otherwise. You know, you got these others too. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, other businesses you could consult, uh, and they all had their own specialties." So they would also work together, you know, stay relevant, but staying relevant is more than just being good at your job and training people so they can be good at their jobs in the future. It's being a part of the community. So SAFES was part of the local community. You know, they had Tumblers for Tumbles, which was a big uh, festival they had every year they had to sing into the safes fast, uh, and again, this is kind of in one of those idyllic situations, uh, like with a, like a like a green, a central green, and safes in some of the other, you know, pubs, restaurants. Uh, They're facing it now. One of the advantages patients had was patients did own the building. And was able to, like, it was a two, like, it was building big enough for, for two, uh, locate, like, two businesses. Uh, so you say, okay, well, that's one thing that patient, advantage patients had, because you say, well, what happened to those other safe businesses? They'd say, well, that was one thing. It's the real estate prices, like, impinged on market, you know, the, 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 the margins where patients that building was paid off, uh. And normally, well, whatever. We don't want to get into the specifics of it, but but they would have they had a couple of yearly festivals. they were part of the community, and all that. You know, they would have conductors, they'd have all that kind of stuff, and and then you know, as the years got on, as we went from the aughts to whatever they're going to call the 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 after the aughts. Uh, The the business was getting thinner and thinner, but it didn't stop that one safes exist and locksmiths and all that kind of stuff and that people are going to still need safes from time to time, a variety of safes, and that there's older safes and there's that whole thing. And, you know, maybe you want to see if this, you could get the safe open, if that's allowed. Maybe you want to sell the safe. You say, I got the safe. Is it worth anything? It's f- f- really friggin heavy. But it wasn't quite big enough because patients said, okay, well, you know, as they start to look at the safe business and the, the kind of, uh, I would, say, would declines the wrong word, but the narrowing of it uh, and the people in the safe business other than big safe, you know, that's what they called the big safe companies. Uh, but they, you know, they needed one another anyway. Patients said, you know, we got to get, we got to get the word out. Uh, we got to bring, we got to keep every few years. We got to do something big to raise overall general awareness in safes, uh, you know, because really you got the movies, you know, heist movies and stuff like that. And other than that, you know, like it used to be, kids were raised, you know, with cartoons, they saw safes all the time. Uh, You know, so they they were used to seeing safes in other places other than heist movies or in behind paintings in Billionaire and Super Spy things. Uh, So they said if you raise awareness of safes... uh, Then, you know, every few years, then somebody's going to be like, huh, what was, you know, what was the name? You know, I just found that safe in that attic there or lockbox or whatever. I can't get it open. I don't know what to do. Well, you could go on YouTube. You see, yeah. And believe me, patients, you know, would have had YouTube figured out if that was still going on. But they'd say, oh, what about that patient safe, uh. And you know, out in the you know, in the Lakelands or whatever, and they say, Oh yeah, yeah, what's the name of that let's uh let's take a trip out there. And there's another thing their website featured to oh, make it a weekend, a safe weekend, if you will. Whether it's couples or families, they would have recommendations, places to stay, other businesses, coupons even but even that so the so the every year patients was looking for ideas you know you know strong people to lift safes uh ju- you know juggling safes uh different stuff like that, but one year they they this mysterious person came to town and she said uh you know like you called me into town and uh they they said i'm the mysterious person." And patient said, I'm glad you're here. Are you going to, are you ready to do your thing? And they said, yes, uh, I'm going to set out there in the town square, uh, something called the approachable safe. Have you been working on it? Uh, do you have, uh, the, 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 safe that meets my specifications? And patient said, yeah, I do. I do. I do. And they said, good, good, good. Uh. Then, like, uh, nice to be patient said, I still don't understand what the idea is, though. You had me build this safe and you're going to start, you're going to put it in the town square and you're going to call it the approachable safe. And you're going to put up signs, uh, and then what? Uh, And the mysterious person said, just wait, patience, be patient, patience, uh, and you will see, but patience was willing to try. You know these outside of the box ideas rarely make sense. Uh, so stay tuned, and you know worked out everything with the town. And then they said they had a big unveiling. You know they had it covered in a, you know covered in cloaks or whatever. You know mysterious draperies. And they hired, you know, the school choirs and the school bands to play. And they had a little midway and food and jugglers and stuff. You know, vendors, just a fun day. And then they said, and now, uh, you know, patients said, you know, this is the, you know, the reflected on the year of the town. And, you know, the politicians spoke. And then the person of mystery said, and now I present uh, the approachable safe. And they pulled off the thing, and they're sitting on a p- p- pedestal was a safe. And you'd say it was like a, is it a green? Is that a deep green color? And it was one of those ones that looks very heavy about the size, well, a bit bigger than one of those refrigerators that hotels or dorms have. Uh, one knob on there, whatever that thing is called. Again, I'm not in the safe business uh, that you spin around. Combination spin, spinner thing. And a handle that looked like if you pulled it down, that would open the door. Would The safe itself was hard to tell how old it was it was a deep deep color it didn't have any chips or dents on it or scrapes and then there was all these signs this is the approach do you dare approach the approachable safe uh, who will approach it uh, and everybody saw it was funny for about uh four days uh even though the mysterious person was changing the signs out uh you know, people would walk up to the safe. At first, you know, kids did it, and then finally someone touched it. That took, like, actually, like uh, 45 minutes for, before the first person touched it. And it happened to be an 8-year-old a girl. You know, meanwhile, there was all these high school lads watching, uh, and then they were willing to spin the knob and stuff, uh, but nothing happened. And then it became like, uh, for a brief time, it already had worked uh, because this just happened to be the start of tourist season. And people would come and they'd take selfies with it because then it became a thing like uh, approachable safe, like a hashtag or something. And, and they said, go ahead and hug it. Uh, do you dare approach it? Do you dare embrace it? Uh, who will kiss the approachable safe? And it even had, you know, things for, for hy- keeping it hygienic and all that. And the safe stayed there, you know, and it rained, and it's, it was sunny, and a mysterious person, you know, they got paid, uh, and they left town, which patients did think was strange, but the, this, the patients was like, well, that was—I uh, guess it kind of worked, uh, because it, went, like, it didn't go totally viral, but it's more popular than the other selfie spots— and people like, uh, then patients was like, let's have sign competitions. Uh, and then they started uh, telling, like, the patients had even had, like, some uh, worked with the local libraries and then some of the local papers to have, like, uh, fiction, like, uh, approachable, safe fan fiction category. So people were writing all these stories. And uh, that was really fun, you know, and and then patients would judge them and say, oh, wow, this one was great. Uh, You know, this one where the safe became your best friend or this one where the safe helped, even though we can't open the safe uh, like that, you know, that in your story it held like an engagement ring or, you know, this special recipe. Or just held, like, a simple note that said, love one another. Those were some of patients' favorite ones. But then the the time wore on, and it it just got less and less popular. Tourism, you know, became the fall or the autumn. And some of the people in the town were like, yo, Patience, like, what's up with that safe? You going to just leave it out there? Like, isn't it, uh, it's getting kind of old, you know? And patients pointed out that, you know, I have contractually, I'm able to keep it up there till the, till the 1st of January. So, and also I had a, you know, I also had a contract with this mysterious person, LLC, or, uh, you know, whatever business, this to keep it up. Uh, there was a contract, you know, I already paid them. So I don't know, there might be something still in store. And they said, okay. But then another month went by and they said, you know, people, uh, have opinions, you know, especially with the internet and the ability. And they said, you know, but man, that safe, you know, I used to go out there with my picnic, but I got a safe sitting there and it reminds me of stuff or I don't like it. It's on my nerves. Uh, got to get rid of it. Patience and patients said, well, I don't want to be a quibbler, but, uh, I, I don't know, I can't, I just can't just get rid of it. Uh, one, two, you know, I'm kind of, I think, I feel like I'm obligated to keep it up. And uh, I feel like, and, and, and it became like a thing just because some people just got a little bit bent about it. And they said, no, 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 we don't care what your obligations are, or what the town said. Uh, you know, there's new town council now anyway. And they're revoking the permit that they already gave you. And patients said, well, you know, that's not really my style, like, uh, because, you, you know, they, that's just symbolic. You can't really do that anyway. And patients said, I'll tell you what, uh, we're getting, you know, there's some intense feelings here about the safe. Uh, I think we've got ourselves a bit of a mystery, like the case of the approachable safe, uh, and maybe we could get Lady Marple to come and uh, like uh, figure this out for everybody. And Lady Mar, like, so they said, you think you can get Lady Marple to come? Like, can you get her to come on a weekend? Because then we could have people. What you know, people like that's uh, she's she's a lady. Like, uh, that would be great and beloved. Uh, I know she says she's not that same Marple and has nothing to do with that Marple, but no one believes her anyway. And she's, she's, she's done great stuff. She's solved mysteries. That, wow. Okay. Patience, forget everything we said. And they said, actually, could you do it on this bank holiday weekend? Because, uh. We could have, we could call it the, uh, you know, the Upper and uh, Mystery Days. Uh, and uh, patients said, yeah, you know, believe it or not, uh, you know, I took care of some, say, you know, we have a working relationship, so I'll double check. But patients was able to get Lady Marple to, Marple to come out and did explain that, yeah, it's a bit of a public uh, thing, because in, in Lady Marple said, I'd be happy to do it. Sounds curious to me. And so Lady Marple came out, and the town again made a big deal about it. It got even more press. Uh, you know, Lady Marple had come in and approached, you know, approachable, safe, uh, news at five. You know, we can't, this, this is great. And it again kind of raised awareness of. Uh, not only safes in general, but of uh, safes uh, the patients place and patients use it to kind of raise money for some of the town, you know, town charities uh, that they that they were involved in. And Lady Marple was more than willing to do that. Uh, And then uh, the town kind of gathered and then said, okay, well, when's Lady Marple going to inspect the cave? And Lady Marple said, this could be like a little performative. I understand it. Uh, You know, send me up a chair. Uh, If you get a gumball machine, that would be great. If not, I'm not going to bring my personal gumball machine, but, uh, and maybe we'll do an interview or something, you know, a little bit like a chat, uh, not related to the gumball machine. I mean, not related to the safe, uh, and then I'll talk about my thoughts about this safe, uh, and people could watch me inspect the safe and all that and approach it. And so that day came and, uh, and then, uh, they, they, uh, you know, they did everything. They got everything set up, uh, and, uh, the, the Lady Marple walked around the safe, uh, looked at it curiously. He took some notes even measured it for fun, uh, got under it, ran around it, skipped around it, hit it with a rubber hammer, hit it with like a tin ham, like a little, like a mining hammer, Listened to it with stethoscope, you know, sprayed it with air, bunch of stuff. Uh, did a lot of stuff. They chewed gum, uh, walked around it, hugged it, took a selfie with it, and uh, then sat down for the interview. And first they did like a general, you know, poop, kind of a puff piece, but also like curious about Lady Marple and again, she said, yeah, I'm not that marble." And, and they said, well, what do you think about safes?" She goes, well, I just want to, you know, I want you to think about some things before I tell you the conclusion, because it's going to be somewhat uh, uh, dissatisfactory. That's kind of the thing about this. Uh, but she goes, the goal was, right, uh, she goes, the thing about safes is that they don't feel approachable. You know, she goes, it's sitting there in the sun, but it still feels cold, but it didn't feel cold when people were dancing around it. And, uh, and then she said, do you see what I mean? Like it was just by calling it the approachable, she goes, that was one of the tricks, uh, was by calling it the approachable safe and daring people to approach it, it made it approachable And she goes, but as soon as that wore off, it again became this kind of uh, thing that's not really ominous, but uh, like safe, you don't really think about them, right? And they said, okay. And they said, so was this some sort of marketing stunt? And she goes, well, this uh, patient's safe has a history of doing marketing stunts every single year if I'm... Uh, correct multiple times if you count the community events. And they said, You're right. And they said, Yeah, they said, Oh, so is it Patience? It was a mysterious person. And Lady Marple said, Not quite. Uh, it had to be someone who wanted to, like, uh, maybe that started a business with the intention of slowly raising enough money to fund an art installation at the Tate Modern or if, if if she couldn't get the Tate Modern, uh, or, or she, you know, she couldn't get the idea. be like, well, I could put this much down. Who? What other super rich person is going to fund this? Maybe the queen will hear about it. Uh, uh, maybe, or maybe she would do something and get coverage, uh, for her new business, uh, uh where she solves cases and they said, so you're using this as a market this is a marketing opportunity to of your marketing opportunities and uh Lady Marple said, Yeah, eyeballs equal gumballs. Uh and she said, by the way, if anybody's watching, picture picture this a giant gumball machine in front of the Tate Modern and uh they said for and then she said one second, please everybody had uh got kind of- irritable you know because uh and she says, anybody how many people have tried to open the safe you know raise your hand and uh, she said, How many people actually know the silly rules behind opening some of these locks uh and a few kids that had opened lockers or so said you know the stupid you gotta go skip by it left you know skip by it or whatever." and she said yeah that's ridiculous too and then she said is anybody like uh and then there was people from the cryptography clubs and stuff who had actually tried to get the combination and you know they tried latitudes and longitudes and break in the case of the approachable safe uh, and all, all a bunch of different stuff uh and then she kind of giggled, uh, and she said, they said, was it public knowledge? The... And she said, kind of, you could have found it out, uh, but it would have been hard. So I don't blame any of you. And she goes, cause it's, uh, Patience's birthday. And so then, uh, they said, Patience, what's your birthday? They said, And then she picked one of the kids that raised their hand. She said, come on up and open this safe for all of us. And uh, she came and opened it, and she said, oh, there's, like, uh, some papers in there. And she said, oh, that's interesting. Why don't you approach the papers and, and take them out and bring them to the— because by now, like, some of the town council was, like, pish-poshing. And uh, then Lady Marple said, I'll, I'll read these, I'll read these, uh— and it was like a, like, um, a future plan from uh, patients who said, you know, in the future, you know, I'm not going to be in the safe business forever, uh, but uh, hopefully I'll be in it for a while longer. We also own these two, sh- you know, sh- I own the shop and the building the shop's in, which houses another shop, uh, you know, which brings in all this rent and it has this much value. And, you know, I have the business, uh, and, uh, you know, this is what I'd like to do when, when I'm, when I go, you know, to crack the big safe in the sky is to give all this, uh, to the townspeople, but in this very deliberate way. And on top of that, like, uh, because I think of this hype, we're going to auction. We're auctioning this off in the next ten minutes online. That's Lady Marple's idea. Lady Marple said, reading from the notes or from patients, and that money's going to go to establish this fund uh, to create, a, a, like, a apprentice in a, like a like a like a what do you call that? A, a tri- to to pay for the education of kids anywhere in, in, in that region or beyond full scholarship with housing and food and everything are people that people say, I might want to be in the safe business, uh, and that forever safes will be a place of, of like, uh, and they said, Lady Marple did it. And, and you know, the, the calculations are, we can run this thing for 90 years. Uh, uh, and then the, like, like, uh, Everything else will go to the to the town, you know these things in the town, but this will be a working teaching business uh, where we'll make safes approachable to the next few generations of safesmiths or, or locksmiths. But then what uh, uh, like uh, of course, because she was also a showperson Lady Marple did was say, okay, open the safe door the whole way, and they had, like, a false back in there, like, that looked like it was, you could see into the whole safe, but you really couldn't. And what you couldn't see, people had seen it before, but they thought it was just for rainwater, and someone before the presentation had cleaned it out, in the, um, stand that the safe was on was, like, a channel running down each side, running down the front of it off of a lip, uh, which people said, oh, it's a brilliant way to keep water from pooling around the safe. But uh, uh, she said, children, gather around there, uh, get in line and and gather around and put your hands under that, uh, like it looks like a little nozzle spout. uh," And she pulled the back off, and then there was a slow-release machine she had in the back of the safe releasing gumballs. And that was how the case of the approachable safe turned out uh, pretty well for everybody, except for people who got, you know, they said, I don't know. I don't know, like, how that turned out. Uh, and then everybody lied down because it was a beautiful day. Chewing gum. Listen to the town of entire community chewing gum, laying in the grass of the town green, some people dreaming of the Tate Modern. Some people dreaming of becoming a locksmith or a safe smith or the crack in the big safe in the sky. Or just dreaming up wacky ideas to keep things interesting, uh, where they, you know, to, to, to focus the attention on stuff. Uh, you say, oh, I needed a refresh there. Uh, good night. I don't want to thank everybody that reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts recently. Uh, 75, uh, 57, zero, uh, five Z's, uh, and then a lot more. Oh, hi, I was listening to sleep With Me and fell asleep. Whoops, I did it again. And then five smiley faces. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Nine years old Gray Fox, uh, says, uh, uh I'm a kid, so my mom was listening, and I wanted to try it. It's amazing. I love it so much. I have trouble sleeping, and sometimes this helps. i uh, been loving it so much from the first time. Uh, my mom said it was going to keep me awake, but uh, you know, I listened again, and I loved it. Thank you so much for my sleep scooter. I do not know how it works, but it does work. All right, I want to thank our newest ambassadors that joined our refer- referral program over at podcast.com slash refer. And some of them are already getting referrals. Katie, I want to thank Mika, already got a referral. Victoria, Marigold has already got two. Logan, Nadia, Tracy, two Tracys in a row. Uh, G. Katie, Katie's already got three referrals. Heather, Kathy, Kara, Eden already has a referral. Debbie has three referrals. Karen, thanks, thanks, and good night. Sophia has a referral. Kelsey, Debbie, Sophie, Loretta, four referrals. Andy uh, and Ashley, Caroline has a referral. You wouldn't believe what a huge help this is. Uh, What else we got here? Katiana, Greg, Claire, Val, Sarah, Louisa. Lisa has a referral. Amy, Anna, one referral. Nadra, Amy, Eleanor, Miranda, Rebecca, Ava, Hazel. Alice has got a referral. Susie, Eula, Mary Lou, Eden, Allison, Denise, Tanya's got nine referrals, and then Paige. So thank you all for spreading the word about the show, or signing up to spread the word, and you'll be future spreading the word. Thank you. By the time you hear this, you probably have hundreds of referrals. So thanks for everybody. Sleeping Beauty exists a free podcast because people we'll be take action through the referral program, through our sponsors, and through our Patreon. That's how we stay free and grow as a show. So I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for all the support. Uh, Good night. All right, everybody. Scoots here, to you in with this month in uh, Sleep With Me Plus uh, audio news. Uh, we got a referral program going. If you want to sign up for that, you can always do that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash refer. I'm gonna run through all the content we put out um, this month on Sleep with Me Plus. If you're still waiting to transition on Patreon to Sleep with Me Plus, you got most of this stuff too. And uh, first, I'm gonna start with uh, like the the podcast, the bonus uh, podcast uh, on Sleep with Me Plus, and I'm gonna go in reverse. So this Saturday, uh, Posty's got a new series that comes out on uh, uh, every other Saturday. Just about. And it's called Welcome to Scooterville. And he's re- people are really excited about this. Those are posty super deluxe episodes. Everybody that supports the show gets those in the bonus feed. And they're really fun. They're really cool. And really creative. Uh, some people like listening to them during the day. Some people fall asleep to them. On last Thursday, TNG First Contact Part 2 came out for Boarfriends and Boar Besties. And uh, so there's coverage, uh, two, two, uh, two-part coverage uh, in January and February. Bonus episode covering the Star Trek The Next Generation movie contact, uh, first contact, excuse me. Uh, then Saturday, uh, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm scrolling too fast, sorry. Um, yeah, then Saturday, February 3rd was another postie Super Deluxe Welcome to Scooterville episode. And, uh, yeah, that was all, everything in the bonus content feed. I think we got one more bonus set. We got, um, some other stuff coming out, all intro, all night episodes. This for, uh, buds and bore besties. Uh, it was deep value. And, uh, uh, I don't know what the <laughs> Patreon tiers were anymore. Deep value and ultimate value or something. So, we had an all intro episode come out February 8th uh, and Big Farm in the Sky PI, all night episodes, uh, the six episodes, six or 13. That was part two, six hours and 18 minutes of Big Farm in the Sky PI. And then, yeah, this week, uh, another all intro episode will come out. Another all intro episode came out on uh, February, January 26th or 28th. I can't read that. Okay, and then the story-only feed and the ad-free feed. On Sleep With Me Plus, you know, the the story-only episodes and the um, ad-free full episodes come out on the same day. So if you're a story-only listener, you get those on the same day. Or if you're, like, you know, making playlists. Um, so let's see. Those are two separate podcasts on Sleep With Me Plus, um, but same content, uh, just... Uh, the story-only versions have no, well, obviously no ads, no theme music, no uh, jingle music, and no thank yous at the end and no intros, just the story-only portion of the episode. Okay, so Sunday, 1239, Dessert Week, that was Great British Bake Off, episode six. Wednesday was Pup Pup Prodigy, our new series, Multiplex, episode one. Uh, February 11th was Wandering Towers, a board game unboxing. There's 1,253 episodes in this feed right now. Um, sorry, I went off topic there. February 7th was uh, Tapestry, which was for v- v- Valentine's Day in the public feed, and that was um, a TNG re- like a like a repeat of a TNG episode 560. February 4th, Roaring Twenties, Great British Baking You Off to Sleep, uh, Episode 5, that's Season 10, Collection 7. Uh, 12.35, January 31st uh, was uh, Notebooks of the Journey into the World of Friends. That was a series review, kind of look at the making of that series. January 28th was uh, Romancing the Stone Tell of the Tape, uh, In Anticipation of Argyle. Uh, which you still haven't seen yet. Uh, that was, uh, and then uh, January 24th was Dairy Week, Great British Baking You Off to Sleep, Season 10, Collection 7, Episode 4. And you can also see kind of we stick at the same kind of rhythm uh, for the most part of uh, a kind of random Trending Tuesday-style episode that could be anything, the board game unboxing, Tale of the Tape, uh, personal essay. Then um, we do uh, the written series. So we finished up Journey to World of Friends. Now we're starting Multiplex. Then a TV show recap uh, with Great British Bake Off. And uh, yeah, what else? Uh, I think that's everything. Would I record this week? Great question. This ended up being the week of Bring It On, uh, the cheerleading movie from 2000, by, kind of by accident. Well, not even kind of by accident, totally by, like, uh, I did an episode I thought was going to be about Crayola Crayons. It ended up kind of I'm um, trying to imagine if there was a role-playing game based on the film that I'd never seen Bring It On, even though I quote the trailer all the time on this podcast. Then I watched over two episodes, uh, bring it on, on mute, uh, and like kind of recorded kind of like a TV recap episode. And, um, those, uh, like with, with some kind of like, well, I rented the movie. So two out of two, two one and a half episodes have good quality closed captioning. But then my uh, rental ran out when I like I, I broke up the second episode into two parts. So the final uh, 25 minutes of the show, of the movie, I didn't have the best closed captioning. Even though it was mostly action-based, it was like the championship. But yeah, I'd never seen, I still never saw it's already been brought, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll look up the trailer later today just to see. And those will come out, I don't know, right now it's in February. I don't know, those come out March or April. And those will probably come out as TV recaps because we're still recovering, honestly, from the strike. And I'm still a little, um, you know, all the Great British Bake Off episodes we recorded before the strike. uh, And so I'm still easing my way back into figuring out what our future of uh, TV recap style episodes is. So we have some interim content right now. As I kind of, uh, see what I'm comfortable with, uh, and is sustainable for the long term of the podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll go from there and, uh, um, yeah, I think that's it for now. I'm, uh, glad you're all here. And, uh, if you ever want to support the show directly, I'm trying to put these at the end of the public episodes, um, just as an experiment so you can kind of get a better idea, still a sleepy voice. But, yeah, if you ever want to check out a seven-day trial at Sleep With Me Plus, it is a huge way to support all the work that goes into the show and make sure the podcast stays sustainable so that you can, you can rely on it and a ton of other people who can rely on it. Um, and uh, yeah, you can do that at com slash plus. And then let me know what you think uh, or, or tell me so I can say thank you. Uh, thanks so much and good night.